0: Edelstein here, your celeb expert and your celeb servant. Celeb savant is a weekly entertainment show. We have long-form career retrospective type interviews with celebrities, singers, actors and industry experts. On this episode of Celeb savant, I'll be speaking to Fee Webel. Fee is the lead singer and songwriter of the San Francisco band The Tubes, and Wable has also worked with other acts, including Toto, Richard Marx, and Billy Sherwood. Up next on Slab Savant, we've got Fee Wabel. Fee, thank you so much for your time and joining me today on the Slab Savant podcast. Tell me where are you in the world? How are you? What's happening with your life?
1: I am in Los Angeles. Yeah, and uh, my life is pretty good, boy. There, I got no complaints here. We're back on. We're back working again and uh you know after the after the long uh holiday the long pandemic holiday <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah and so we've been working and uh we've got a bunch of shows coming up we're going to be doing some shows opening for the B52s coming up in october and we're going to go back east in eastern united states to do some headlining shows and uh and then actually next summer in the UK, we're going to go uh, on tour supporting the Hollywood Vampires.
0: Oh, wow, that's interesting! With Johnny
1: Depp and Alice Cooper and uh, and Joe Perry, so that's that's pretty exciting. So we have got a lot of gigs coming up and a number of tours in the works. So it's all good, I'm good, I'm I'm healthy, and I have a lovely wife, and we have a lovely little home here in Los Angeles, and I have a beautiful dog, and we <laughs> go to the park every day. And uh, so I've got no complaints out here.
0: I like what you said that you still get excited after all these years being in the industry, which is amazing oh. because, you know, a lot of people could potentially become blasé, oh, you know, it's another opening act with another artist how do you keep that excitement going for you
1: i i mean i have always loved being in the band and singing and my mother was a singer and, and so I've, my whole life i've been singing and uh uh and especially now i mean after having two years almost two years out of the business uh with the pandemic you know i thought Oh my god i mean well i may never get to perform again and so that has even enhanced my my excitement to get back on the road and to get back into it and we you know this is my life i we actually uh the band got together 50 years ago in 1972 in san francisco and this marks our 50th year, if you can believe that. And we're still, four out of five of us are still original members. And, you know, and, and I think, you know, we don't kill ourselves. I mean, we don't, I'm not getting back in the bus and doing 10 nights in a row. You know, I'm, I'm we're, we usually work long weekends, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We fly into a region, we do three or four shows, and then we fly home. And so it, it's the best of both worlds. You have that that exciting touring life and then you get back home and you have your home and your wife and your dog and your your backyard. And you know, it's it's really great. First of all,
0: Mazel Tov for 50 years. That's completely amazing. Oh, thank you. I wanna take it all the way back to 1972 or pre that time. It's obviously a condensed version. Tell us about uh-huh. the story of the tubes. How you guys met, What decided to, to get into the music space? Tell us your story.
1: Okay, well, the condensed version. <laughs> uh, yeah. I grew up in Phoenix, Arizona, as as did all of us. We are we're all from Phoenix, Arizona. And when I was a young man, uh, I used to uh this is the first band and the only band I've ever been in. I've I wasn't a band guy. I used to go to clubs in Phoenix and watch bands. And uh, and Roger Steen and Prairie Prince had a band in Arizona called the Red, White and Blues Band and with a a bass player, a gentleman named David. And uh, what happened was I ended up dropping out of college and moving up to the mountains in northern Arizona. And I kind of, you know, took Timothy Leary's advice, turn on, tune in, drop out and I just got tired of the, I got tired of college. I got tired of working. And so I moved to uh, a little town in Northern Arizona, in, uh, Northern Arizona called Cottonwood. And I went to work for a cowboy and I lived on a cattle ranch and I played cowboy. And I, I, I knew how to ride because I grew up on a horse. My dad was a riding instructor in Scottsdale. So I always had horses and I knew how to ride. And I got a, I got a job at this cattle ranch and I started riding the range. And uh, one of the other guys that worked there, his name was Michael. He met a young lady and he was going to get married and they were going to have a wedding at the ranch. And he said, you, do you know any bands that will come up and play at our wedding? And I said, oh, well, I know I got some friends in this band called the Red, White and Blues Band out of Phoenix. And he said, oh, could could you get them to come up and play at the wedding? And so I got a hold of Roger and they said, oh, sure, we'll come up. And they came up to the ranch and they played at this wedding. And that was in the summer of 1969. And uh, they were about to move to San Francisco because Prairie Prince, got a scholarship. He was an artist and he got a scholarship to the San Francisco Art Institute, a full scholarship. So they were going to move to San Francisco and Prairie was going to go to the Art Institute. And they asked me if I wanted to be their roadie and do it, you know, you can, we, they had an equipment truck and all their gear and they were going to drive it to San Francisco. And they said, will you drive the truck to San Francisco and be our roadie? And I was you know, I had been playing cowboy for a couple of years, and it's not quite as glamorous as you might think. Yeah. <laughs> and I was pretty tired of riding the range, and I said, "Okay." So I bailed out and I drove the truck to San Francisco, and we moved to San Francisco in early 1970. and uh, And the band worked, and I was the roadie f- until about two years later when another band from Arizona, Bill Spooner's band called the Beans. They also moved to San Francisco and we decided we would combine the two bands because we didn't really have enough work for either of our bands to survive. So they had some gigs and we had some gigs. And so, and then the bass player quit Rogers bass player quit and ended up moving to Hawaii. So they had no bass player. And so we said, okay, let's join Bill's band. And so Bill already had, uh, guitar bass keyboards drums so roger and prairie joined the band and there was two guitar players and two drummers and i'm kind of lifting the cold because they already had two roadie guys and i said well you know i'm a pretty good i had sung. my mother was a singer and like i said and i sang all the way through high school and i did musical comedy and i was in a an, a high school choir group and i said you know i can i can sing i'm a pretty good singer and so they said, okay, you can sing background vocals. <laughs> okay. so I got in the band being a background vocalist. And uh, I sang, they kept telling me, you sing too loud. You <laughs> sing too loud. You're supposed to blend in. You're a background <laughs> vocalist. And I said, well, I, I don't, I, 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 I don't want to be a background vocalist. I want to be the lead singer. You're the guitar player. You play guitar. I'll be the lead singer. So I became the lead singer. Oh, wow. And, uh, and then that was around 1972, and then we played around town for two or three more years in San Francisco, and then we got a deal. We got a record deal at A&M in 1975. We got a record deal at A&M Records, and we made our first album in 1975. And then you know we went on from that. We made five records at A&M, and then we went to Capitol Records, and we met David Foster, and we made three records at at Capitol, and had some hits with David Foster on uh, on uh, our first album completion, "Backward Principle." With David, we had a hit with "Talk to You Later," and "Don't Want to Wait." And we had never had uh, any kind of acceptance at radio. We were a we were a theater band, and we had a big, elaborate theatrical show, and we were pretty much known for our live theatrical performance and uh, we had we had met this guy kenny ortega he was at that time he was a a choral dancer Mm -hmm. and he wanted to become a choreographer and he he came to us and we said great you know help us choreograph all of this theatrics and so he became our choreographer and became our our theatrical director actually and he put together all of our big theatrical shows And uh, of course, as you may know, he's gone on to fame and fortune Mm. with directing movies and high school confidential and uh, just on and on and on. And so and that's how it all got started. And here we are, gosh, almost 50 years later. And I mean, the band is trimmed down now. There's only a five man band. And four of us are original guys and I'm still doing a lot of the theatrics and costume changes and characters that we did in the past yeah. and we're still working and we're you know i'm I'm in heaven I love it
0: that that's amazing such a glorious and uh, story I read up that that you were in the section of Xanadu for that song dancing right Kenny did he choreograph that or was he involved in that movie oh, yeah Yes. Oh me. yeah. Kenny,
1: Kenny sure. Ortega was yes. he, he was uh choreographing the whole thing yes. even Gene Kelly's movement and put that whole that whole show together where the two stages merged together yes. with the '40s yes. singers and yes. us and yeah that was all Kenny. It was all I, Kenny.
0: I mean I don't know what the cynics are about. I love that movie. I watched it a thousand times. So to know that you were on it is amazing. I was very sad to uh, hear about Miss Newton-John's passing a few weeks ago. I was supposed to be interviewing her for the show and we just didn't get around to it. So that was just just a sad note and um, recognition to her. Tell us about your creative process. Are you still recording new music or are your live shows basically, or, you know, your repertoire of music that you've released?
1: Well, the Tube's live shows are mostly our our hits and our favorites that the fans want to hear but a a number of i just made a solo album called fee waybill rides again which is my third solo album i did with richard marks Uh, and richard marks is my best friend and we've been we've been best friends for now 38 years 39 years and i'm godfather to his sons and we. He lives here in Los Angeles now and uh, I see him all the time. He's on tour right now in Germany back, back. I just talked to him or I just texted him the other day and he's about to start his German tour. He's been out for a few weeks in Europe. And uh, so, and, and Roger has a solo album. And so we're kind of, I live in LA and everybody else lives up in the Bay area, still the San Francisco area. And so, know we get together for shows and concerts and uh but i'm kind of i mean we haven't we haven't actually sat down we have a number of songs actually that in the kind of in the can you know over the years we've got four or five songs and but it's it's difficult to get together it's difficult to find time to record and everybody's got a life of their own you know and uh but i i've done Uh, I just released this record and I'm very proud of it. Richard helped me. Richard produced it. Richard and I wrote all the songs and uh, he's appearing on it in a number, on a number of songs, mostly background vocals. And, uh, and actually we're going to put together i I've never done a solo show and Richard offered himself and his band to me to put together a few solo shows in December here in Los Angeles i've never done it before i've never after all these years i've only done the tubes and but i'm gonna do a Fee Wayville rides again solo show at a couple of local clubs here in los angeles and i'm which i'm pretty excited about and i'm i'm gonna use richard's band and richard is gonna help me and sing background with me and so that's exciting i've got that coming up in december and uh You know, we've got, like I said, we've got next summer, we're going to go to the UK and open for the Hollywood Vampires. And we've always done well in the UK. And, you know, we've done a number of tours there over the years. And so it's, we got a exciting, exciting next year coming up.
0: It's amazing. But I mean, you've got 50 years of music in the can. So there's so many songs to choose from, from your repertoire. So maybe it's okay sometimes not to get the new releases out because you've got them so you can carry on. But the fact that you're doing the solo work is also amazing and and allows you to play in a different sort of space and a different sort of stage, to what you're used to. Are you a little bit nervous for those solo um, performances or?
1: Uh... Uh, well, I'm, I'm a little, I have to say I'm a little apprehensive because I've yeah. never done a solo show before. Yeah. And, but Richard assures me, he goes, oh, don't worry about it. You know, I'll, we'll get together with my band and we'll rehearse. We'll get it totally together and we'll figure out what, what, you know, what the songs are, what the set list is. And I'm going to do some other, some of my favorite songs, a Roy Orbison song and a, and a Frank Sinatra song and, uh, uh, some, uh, some other material that I would never do with the tubes band. And, uh, So I'm I'm excited about it. I'm really excited. I mean, I'm still I'm still learning. I mean, I'm I'm taking vocal lessons right now from a gentleman here in Los Angeles who's really really well known not well well known here in town and uh, he's been teaching me how to uh, sing more relaxed because uh, you know I'm so in the in the tube show I'm so hyper and i'm running around and i'm changing clothes and i'm squealing and screaming and singing all these songs that are really high and he says no you you just he's teaching me how to relax my throat and my chest and how to breathe and how to reach those high notes without forcing it without tensing up and uh and i've just started going back to yoga again with my wife she's a she's in in terrific shape and has been doing yoga for years and years and years and i used to do it with her years ago back when bikram Chowdhury was teaching yoga here in, yeah. and and that whole thing kind of blew up and i hadn't i hadn't gone back to yoga for years yeah. and, uh, but i've started again and i'm so stiff it's i mean we just <laughs> Sunday night, and oh my God, just an hour of a stretching class was just oh, yeah. Oh, it was impossible. But, but little by little, I'm, I'm putting, I'm getting, you know, after two years, uh, you know, I thought my career was over with the pandemic. I thought nobody's ever going to get together again to listen to music. And I kind of just, I I don't know, I just kind of got depressed and, Mm. and I stopped doing everything. And that was a mistake. So now I'm, I'm, you know, turning it around and getting it all back together.
0: Reinvigorating yourself, which is so cool. I was, wow. I was laughing because my, my colleagues, you know, I'm a loud person. I've got lots of energy. I'm always moving around and that's just me. And my colleagues were saying oh. earlier, calm down. <laughs> <Let's go." laughs> so that's why I was yeah. laughing because I have that sort of in a different environment because I'm a very much an exciting, loads of energy person. And um, Uh, so it's cool to hear that. I'm also different way, but we get both getting told to calm down a bit. (laughs) So relax, and
1: it'll still work. Everything will still work if you relax. Exactly. Just you you get too excited, and everything (laughs) tenses up, and and that just, especially in your throat, you tense up like that, and that closes it off. And you know, you want it to be open and you want your breath to my, the, my, that one of the things that my vocal coach had told me, he says, when you, when you belt, when you tense up and you try to hit that high note, that's called glottal glottal breathing. And if you, if you just relax and you let the breath pull your vocal cords together, that's called Bernoulli breathing. And and that's that's doesn't slam your vocal cords together and when you keep doing that they get strained and they get inflamed and then pretty soon you lose your voice and uh wow. so he said just just keep doing the Bernoulli breathing and relax and you'll still because I worry you know I'm a lot of these songs are really high yeah. and I've always been I'm a tenor and I've been very fortunate with my voice I'm I'm still able to hit all the high notes that David Foster put in there you know he loved the high the high yeah. stuff and so it just it's just a whole new way for me to learn to sing
0: well what amazing is that you know life is a journey and we're always learning so that's amazing that you're still learning and are willing to do so
1: yeah, yeah.
0: i'm going to put you on the spot I love playing this game my oh. recipients don't Uh-oh. always <laughs> So, now it's not necessarily your favorite, but your five go-to or top five songs by other artists. And go.
1: (laughs) Top five songs by other
0: artists. Like I said, it doesn't have to be your favorite, just your first five that come to mind in this moment.
1: Okay. Well, uh, I guess number one has to be uh, Purple Haze. When I was a kid... In Scottsdale, uh, I saw Jimi Hendrix Mm -hmm. uh, in Los Angeles and I brought back that album, Are You Experienced? And I brought it back and I actually took it to the radio station in Phoenix, Arizona. The DJ's name was Tony Evans. I still remember this. And I said, Tony, this is unbelievable. This guy is unbelievable. You have to, you know, and so then, okay, so another one is, uh, well, Any Song by the Beatles. Okay, any song by the Beatles. Mm-hmm. I, it I, 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 when I when I started high school, the Beatles came out, and that just I just went I went crazy. I went, oh my god! I went. That's what I think originally. That's what got me. Hooked on music and wanting to be in a band so bad, you know, and I just sang Beatles songs all the time and it's amazing. The Beatles are unbelievable and uh, they're unbelievable. And, uh, okay. So what else? Uh, so you got three more, uh, three more. Uh, well, the first song I ever sang was a Roy Orbison song the first time i ever uh, years ago the band had a gig and they didn't have an opening act and i used to play when i was a cowboy up in the i used to sit with my acoustic guitar and sing just to to the desert you know it was a <laughs> desert and i would play my guitar and sing roy orbison songs okay. and uh, and so when they said will you be the opening act do you sing your sing your roy orbison song which was called crying Oh, crying yeah. by yes. Orbison. Mm-hmm. And that just killed me. And uh I, lo- I love that. And so okay, four I would have to say is uh anything by the Foo Fighters. Okay. Uh, Dave Grohl is a friend of mine, and we-, we actually met in a in a costume store in Los Angeles, and uh-huh. I was looking for tubes costumes, and he was gonna go to an 80s party, and he was looking for parachute pants, and I <laughs> I, I recognized him in the store, and I walked up to him and I said, "Dave, oh my God, I'm such a huge fan of the Foo Fighters." We became friends, oh, and cool. so no, I'm trying to remember the name of their first hero. Uh, times like these, I mean, yeah. there's so many great Foo Fighter songs, and then I guess I guess number five, and and not not to be relegated to last in line is. Is Richard Marks and I've written a number of a number of songs with him and a few of them have have had commercial success. Gosh, we've written together I don't know hundreds of songs. Oh, wow. I've had songs on every one of his records. And uh let's see, right here wait not right here waiting for you is a song he wrote,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh which, which I love that song. And uh Nothing Left Behind Us is a song I wrote with him that was pretty big time i can't remember how high it went but nothing left behind us was a song his father his name was dick marks and his father was a keyboard player and a jazz kind of a jazz keyboard player in chicago where he grew up and he wrote jingles also he wrote the double mint gum Jingle. (laughs) And then when Richard and I became friends, Richard and I and his mother, Ruth, would sing jingles for him and sing the <laughs> latest version of the Doublemint Gum Jingle. They kept revising it, and making, changing it. And, and so I became, you know, really close with his father. And then his father died in a car accident, oh, unexpectedly wow. in a car accident. And then we, I went back and he was still living, living in Chicago at the time. And I went back to Chicago for the funeral and my father had just died recently also in from an injury he got in a car accident. Okay. And then he broke his hip. And then they, when they examined him, they found out he had a giant lung cancer. Oh wow. And and he, they said, well, we can't do the lung cancer thing until your hip heals. And then he died before that ever the hip yeah. ever healed, because the cancer took over. So we both, so we wrote this song called "Nothing Left Behind Us" about our fathers and about how we were so close to our fathers that there was nothing that we hadn't talked about. There was yeah. nothing we hadn't said. Nothing left behind us. And uh, so I guess that would be song number the last song.
0: So I love these stories about all these songs, so relevant and so uh, true for so many years. And putting it out there that we will be seeing, meeting each other either in America or South Africa. The podcast is listened to throughout the world. And you, okay. your final message to our listening audience, what would you like to say?
1: Well, first of all, I really want to go to Africa. I'm, I'm just, my whole life, I wanted to go to Africa, and I have to go to. I have to. I want to come to South Africa to see all the animals, but I, but I mostly want to go to the Virungas to see the mountain gorillas. Oh, yeah. And uh, I was very distressed to hear that they were offering oil leases in the Virungas, the Congo was, or or Zaire, or one of those countries that are surrounding the Virunga mountain range. And because because I guess they've they've put some kind of restriction on oil leases here in the United States. And they piped up and said, oh, well, you can come over here and and drill for oil. Uh, Oh, my God. I just and hopefully they'll stop all that. Yes, Uh, I hope I hope and I'm going to help help in any way I can. But I think we're already planning it. My next birthday, we're going to go to. Africa. we got to go to Africa. I'm just, I'm just, I can't leave this world without going to Africa. And I wanted to say finally to, uh, you know, don't, don't give up on your dream. Okay. Just don't give up because that was my dream. When I when the Beatles came out, my dream was, oh, my God, I got to be, I want to sing music. I want to be in a band and I want to be a singer in the band. And I want to, and I actually tried out for three or four bands, you know, before the tubes in high school. And they went, oh, no, no, sorry. In fact, I tried out for one band and they said, what song do you want to play? And I said, Purple Haze by Jimi Hendrix and they went okay no we don't we don't do that no you're out we don't do that kind of thing we're a kind of a mellow and I said okay well whatever and uh but I I kept the dream alive yes and unbeknownst to me you know the dream came true without me even trying I mean I I didn't ask to become the roadie and move to San Francisco and I didn't know what was going to happen. And act, you know, actually I'm writing a, I'm working on a book. My wife and I are working on a book of my life. It's called Fee Weybill's guide to an unknown trail. And okay. so it was kind of my life. It was an unknown trail. All I had was the dream. I didn't know how it was going to happen. And out of the, you know, out of the the circumstances just combined to put me uh on in the front of this, the stage on and, enabled me for all these years to live my dream. So just don't give up, okay? Just don't give up. That's all I have. You know, it'll happen.
0: As Mr. Fee says, keep that dream alive, keep focusing on it and let it manifest. So this is Slebs Fund signing out with Mr. Webel.
1: Thanks, Barrett. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.